Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our series, the 2024 Team Previews. And today we are looking at Bahrain Victorious. And as always, I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Audi Cycling and one third of the National Cycling Podcast. And I mean, Patrick, Bahrain Victorious. I mean, there's one sad news that we all know, Gino Meadow obviously passing away. That was a huge shadow of the entire sport. And a real shame for such an incredible rider and just incredible person outside uh, racing as well. Bahrain victorious, apart from that sadness, how did you feel of their 2023 season, finishing sixth overall and taking 19 victories? Bahrain had a, a really good year in terms of, well, I think their grand tours were fantastic this year as a team, which I don't know what their budget is like, but for a team that doesn't have one of the big six, riders in the world i think they really punch above their weight and they really make good use of the riders which they do have it's easy to forget they got wins in every single grand tour this year with they got two wins in the giro with jonathan milan and boitago milan also winning the chiclamino jersey in the tour de france they got three stage wins with mohorich wildpools and peo bilbao and then in the vuelta wildpools won on stage 20 which so easy to forget that they had such an incredible year Bill Bow was really good in the tour uh, he was up against Avenapool in San Sebastian where he was you know he finished in second place which is still a really good result they won the tour of Polonia with Matej Mohoric they got two stage wins of the tour down under with Bill Bow and Bauhaus you know this is a a really good performance from Bahrain Victorious yeah, Patrick, I think that's uh, very true. Very good season from them. But we might as well go into the transfers and they've been quite busy. Obviously, I think the headline here is that they've lost Mika Landa, which is a big shame. Riders have left the team for the 2024 season. Mikael Landa has left the team to go and be the silver bullet for... Remco Wave in a pool, so uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, Landy Samo is going to get that many opportunities next year. But anyway, uh, Heinrich Hausler retired, which is quite a loss. I think he was a very experienced rider. Herman Pernsteiner, we still don't know what he's doing. Jonathan Milan's gone to Lidl Trek. Bit of a loss considering how good of a season he had. He's arguably one of the best sprinters in the world right now. Super powerful. And then the human torpedo. Philippe Mychuk is also, uh, he, he's left the team as well to go to Borahansko to try and replace or fill the boots of, of Mills Pollock. I mean, we'll get into that a bit later in the monument section. But anyway, uh, in terms of riders coming in, yeah, a bit thin on the ground when we consider Astana that we spoke about last time. Only three riders. Yeah, they've only brought in Torstein Tlen. From Unox, Alberto Brutomesso and Finley Pickering. Uh, that's that's it. Just just the three riders for me. Yeah, I guess it's not a very exciting transfer window for Bahrain. But considering the year that they've had, maybe they're just quite content with the team structure as it is. So they're just they're like, well, we're just going to try to do exactly what we did this year, and we've got the riders to do that. They haven't lost, and well, just. They've lost Lander, but the guys who have been winning this year in terms of like your Bill Bowles, your Pools, your Mahoriches and stuff, they're all still here. So I guess Bahrain are just very happy with where they are. And 
they see no reason to bring in anybody else to rock the boat. Well, we might as well start with the monuments. And in terms of the monuments, there is only one name who's really been leading that charge. The gravel world champion of Matej Morohic. Obviously, we caught up with him at the Roller Classic, so we might as well just hear a snip of that. Matej Morohic, welcome to London. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. How much of the city have you seen so far? I've seen uh, the Tower of London this morning. And uh, yeah, we had, uh, I'm at 23,000 steps. That's pretty impressive. That's a lot of calories burned. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, we had a nice uh, walk uh, around the city and uh, yeah, we've enjoyed our stay. How's the off season been treating you so far? It was nice. Uh, no setbacks this time around. So I'm not used to that. No injuries or illnesses. So uh, enjoying the moment of the both yeah, this, this time. And looking back on this season, of course, that Tour de France stage win. How did that feel at, at the time? That interview went viral and everyone's been asking you about it, but how, how does this season sort of compare to the to your, we went in the past? It was a very successful year. So uh, proud of what I've achieved together with Team Macari Victorious and uh, already looking forward to, to next season. Uh, being the type of person I am, I always see things I can do better. So yeah, uh, nice to Look back, but also nice to, to, to plan for the future. And looking, looking towards the future, what are your goals for 2024? I have unfinished business at uh, Tour of Flanders and Roubaix, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. And you, you described Paris-Roubaix like Christmas in a previous interview. What did you mean by that? It only happens once in a year, and uh, it's the best day of road racing we have in the season. I really enjoy the the cobbles and uh, the chaos of that race. Uh, I did have uh, an opportunity to have a second day of Christmas at the Gravel World Championships this year, so hopefully we can uh, pack in some more level races next year. Also looking forward to back to that. Finally wearing uh, the rainbow jersey in a race because I didn't get a chance when I was the junior and the 23 world champion. So uh, yeah, lots of exciting uh, things coming up next year. And I know you read a lot of books. You try to keep on, try to keep on top of it. Well, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, it's hard to translate in Slovenian, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it was just an honor. But uh, it's mostly off season for me. It's a time to hang out with my kids because I don't see them a lot during the year. So yeah, trying to take advantage of that. I mostly read the races when I have some free time. Fair enough. Thank you very much, Adi Fala. His last year, I know Strad Bianchi isn't a monument I did you. You're, you're the chief advocate of, but I mean, his season third in Kern, Brussels, Kern, sixth in Strad Bianchi, sixth in Lance San Remo, seventh in E3, didn't finish Ronde van Vlaanderen, 29th in Pyro Bay. Um, he did say in that interview that we just heard that Pyro Bay is one of his big goals. What do you think he's going to be able to do in the in the 2024 season? And we said it earlier, Philip Moik, whatever, the guy who went to Bora, the reason he's called the human torpedo is what he did in uh, that absolutely reckless, yeah, I don't even know what you call it, but... Um, yeah, no, but yeah, they had a bit of a reputation in my chuck for Human Torpedo. We've also got the Italian sniper in here as well. They've got all the nicknames going on in this team. 
I think Mahorich, going back to, to the original point, uh, Mahorich, um... Yeah, sorry, very convoluted. <laughs> All right, yeah. Then computer in. Yeah, I think Mahorich is just... He's Mr. Milana San Remo, so I'm expecting a top 10 there. But in terms of a Cobble Classics, I think a top 10 in both Roubaix and, and Flanders would be would be really good. I think that maybe he's been lacking that consistency in the cobbled races. It's very kind of peaks and drops. What about uh, if we look towards Liège? I mean, yeah, Liège. wow, Paul's has won this in the past. Bill Bow, I'd be sending. I'd also be sending, yeah, I'd, I'd send Paul's as well. Boy, Targo, of course, he finished on the podium of Liège this year in 2023. Also, we glanced over Fred Wright finished in eighth place in Flanders as well so they, they had a very good kind of season there as well in that sense but yeah Liège yeah Pools Boitlago and Bilbao keep it simple back them up with guys like a like the Italian sniper like Caruso or Haig or maybe even Mohoric could get in there Finley Pickering as well very good climber as well maybe he gets an opportunity in his debut season possibly Maybe not, but just throwing it out there anyway. What do you think from Liège? It's a decent enough squad. They finished on a podium with Liège. Do you think they can do it again? I think it's going to be hard, but they should still have pretty high aspirations considering the quality of their team. Tyler Bogaccia is probably going here. Remco Venepoel is going here. Roglic is going there. They need a bit of, a, let's say, assisted miracle if, they, if something is going to happen for them to sneak onto the podium, I think a top five, top 10, definitely on the cards, maybe even two riders in the top 10. But I think a repeat of Botrago's third place might not be on the cards. Yeah, I, I agree. This year was just a bit of a good year for them because Pogaccia left. Pidcock wasn't on the best form, I don't think. So they were able to kind of he kind of blew his doors off trying to follow Remco's. So I think that it was a it's like a perfect storm for them to try and get a good result. And then it's a pretty similar looking team for the Lombardia as well. I mean, yeah, Boitrago, Bilbao, Caruso, that kind of team would be would be very deadly as well. You know their best result for Il Lombardia, who it was? Oh, wasn't it? It was the Italian sniper. It was. <laughs> Did he come like top fifteen? Uh, 21st, so quite close. 21st. He, I think he is a scout. 22 years old and already showing himself so well. We'll get into yeah. it in, in the welter part, but he was 18th in the welter and did a great job for Lando. But with that aside, we might as well jump straight into the Grand Tours. Giro d'Italia, obviously, as you said, took a stage win there with Milan. And how are you seeing there? The Giro aspirations this year. I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Caruso, send him again. He came fourth place this year, but that's pretty insane. I don't really want to send Boitrago here again, to be honest. I think that he's proven himself to be a bit more than that. I would send. I would send the Italian sniper here. I think that he could be. If Caruso isn't firing on all cylinders, I would like to see what he could do instead. After all, like you say, he was very good during the Revuelta. Sprinter, maybe a Bauhaus could go here with Nikias Arndt and a bit more of a, a lead-out train. I don't... I, I'm reserving like a Mahorich as well. 
Uh, Johan Price Peterson, I would like to see get a Grand Tour as well, because I don't think he's really done one. Zambonini as well could probably go to the Giro. So I think it's the more of a GC focused team more than anything. Would you send would you send Bauhaus to the Giro or are you thinking that he could, you know, tussle it up with the big boys at the tour? Probably not, if we're honest. So yeah, I think a Giro would be quite good. Yeah. I mean, it's better it's better to get two Giro stage wins than five top fives in the tour. Yeah. I mean he he did yeah. I mean it's sort of like this year. He went to the tour this year and he got two third places and a second place. But do any of you out there really remember those? You know, you remember the wins, don't you? You don't really remember second and third places in the sprints. And that's exactly what you said, Scott. So I think the Giro, but with a better chance of winning, would be a more wise move. Moving on to the Tour, obviously, like you said, they had an absolutely great Tour de France. Just incredible. Bilbao, Bulls, and Mate Morohic, uh, like you said. And um, yeah, is it the same, same kind of thought here? If it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah, I'd do that. I, I would send Boitrago to the Tour as well, personally. I think he's done the Giro and he's done the Vuelta now. And I I also don't want him to be doing this weird semi-GC prospect thing anymore. I want him to be a stage hunter. I'm fed up with him trying to finish inside the top 10 of the Grand Tour, but we did do that at the, at the Vuelta. It's like, come on. He's, he's a really good stage hunter. He's won a stage of a Giro, and he's always, he's still very young, so I'd like to see Boitrago in there with, like you say, with Bilbao, with Mohoric, with Pools. What about Jack Haig? Does he go to the Giro? Maybe. Oh, yeah, he's so good. He's, yeah. He's just had a couple of off years. Yeah, I mean, the talent's there. It's like you don't finish on the podium of a Vuelta Espana without being great. Finished third in GC at Tour of the Alps, and then he did Vajira where he came 19th. He might have had COVID during that, I can't remember. Then he finished fifth at the Criterium de Dauphiné. Very good, again, considering the talent that was there. And then he just, like, tanked the Tour. I think he is probably good enough to finish top 10 of the Tour, you know. So maybe Bahrain sent him as well. It's a very stacked squad, though, at that point, when you have Pauls, Mohoric, Bill Bao, Bill Boitrago, and Jack Haig all in one team, plus, like, some domestiques. I'm not saying it won't work. It's just a lot of talent in one place, whereas you might be better spreading it out. But then it's kind of who bends the knee, because you've got, like, you got a lot of guys there who have basically been pr- proven to be good enough to be in the tour. So I don't know who, who doesn't get a slot. Yeah, good. It's uh, it's a conundrum. Good, good thing to have as a team, though, don't you think? I, I, I think I would like to see Haig of a tour because I feel like whenever he's done it, it's always there's always a caveat. Was it? Know? Was it 2021 where he was like in insane form and he crashed on one of the first stages? It was the stage where Caleb Ewan and Sargon crashed on wow. the final corner. That kind of sketchy run in. Yeah, it was in that. But we might as well focus a bit on the welter and um as we said, a lot of success in the past and who who what who's your leader here? I mean I'd love to see Brochago try and go for a GC here. Yeah. I I, I think 
depending on Hellboy Twago, well, where he gets sent. If he gets sent to the tour and he's just like a domestique, which might definitely be the case, considering the talent that we've just spewed off. If he goes to the tour and he's a domestique, then he could go to the welter as a leader. I think that would be a pretty fair way of dealing with it. That way he gets his first his first tour, but he also gets a bit of leadership, so that would work. I think the tricky part is almost like Bill Barrow. He's turned into one of their most prolific riders. Do you then double him up with a welter, or do you kind of reserve him for some one-day races, which he has proven himself to be quite good at? Do Bahrain care about the UCI standings, or do they... They seem to be very focused on the Grand Tours, so I would almost ex or not expect, but I suspect that he might go to the Vuelta as well and do a tour of Vuelta, but do the Vuelta as a stage hunter. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good way of thinking, to be honest. But anyways, coming to our favorite part of the show, Patrick, predictions. And uh, yeah, do you think, well, let me hear what you think they're going to do in every single Grand Tour after such an incredible 2023. I think a bit of a different hot take here, I guess. I think they get two riders in the top 10 of every Grand Tour. Oh, you're going all out here. Yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be specific here. I think it's going to be Tiberi and Caruso at the Giro. I think it's going to be Bill Barrow and Haig at the Tour. And I think it's going to be Bill Barrow and Boitrago at the Vuelta. I think stage-wise, 2-1 and 2 in terms of Vuelta Tour. And I think two top tens, one in the Giro and one in the Welter, so nothing in the Tour. And in terms of monuments, I think the most successful one is going to be Arubay. I think Morhich is going to crack the top five. I think in terms of Grand Tours, they will get zero in the Giro. They will get zero in the Giro. Zero in the Giro. They will get two in the Tour and they will get two in the Vuelta. In terms of the monuments, I think their most successful one will be Milano San Remo with Mohoric. I think he will probably top five it. I just I just got a feeling. But in terms of his Cobble Classics, the Flanders and Roubaix, I think he will top ten both of those. And I mean we might as well have one special one. What do you think Fred Wright's two thousand twenty four season's gonna look like? I want, yeah, I wanna see that Fred Wright of twenty twenty two, I guess, is is what I want to see where he was almost winning tall stages, but he was also really good in the classics. Yeah, national champion as well. Yeah. In Saltburn, and we were both there for the championship. Saltburn by the sea. Yeah, correct place. Everyone should visit. But anyways, that is basically it for our Bahrain Victorious team preview. Of course, this isn't our first one. Make sure to check out our playlist available here on the channel. And why not give us a five-star review over on Spotify if you've liked it. Hit the like button, subscribe, and let us know down below what you think Byron Victorious is going to do. And of course, check out Patrick's channel, Audu Cycling, and our other podcast, the Echelon Cycling Podcast, available every week. With that, thank you for watching, and we will see you in the next one.